here we go. BDFM. Welcome to BDFM. I am D. I am B. And uh, this podcast about um, you know, anthropology, um, uh, uh, arachnophobia, you know, just general uh, psychology. It's also about uh, 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 dental nutrition and a little bit of uh, um. cosmology. Mm-hmm. And there's always a little bit of uh, of, of trivia sprinkled mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And science and sex and religion and art. We are going to, uh, this is I think episode four, probably. So uh, you I get it. So. You get it by now, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, we each have a topic in mind that we've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to, you know, just kind of chat about. So in order to break into that topic, we've each chosen an episode of TV. Something, an episode of a sitcom or animated series that, um, I don't know, lays out that topic. Yeah, we do tend to pick shows that have a lot of uh, rewatch, that have a high rewatch value. This week we're talking about one Office episode and one Seinfeld episode. Yes. These are very bingeable shows. And so if you go to our Patreon, you can watch along with us. We Each episode we will have a... A uh, watch-along audio content, which means you can go to your streamer and hit play at the same time we do and uh, watch the show. And it's almost like we have a friend. <laughs> Let's get into it. What was the episode you chose this week? I chose the Office episode uh, from Season 8, Episode 7, Pam's Replacement. Um, so I've been thinking about jealousy and I thought this was a good episode to start exploring jealousy because it's the episode in which uh, Pam uh, goes on her second maternity leave and uh, is replaced by a young, hot uh, woman whose name is Kathy. The episode centers around her trying to trying to get the truth out of Jim, the truth being what she suspects that Jim finds Kathy attractive. Jim says very early on in the episode in a talking head that Kathy is objectively attractive, but he's not going to say that to Pam. And yeah, which seems dumb, but it's a premise. It's a premise that that she's pregnant and she'll therefore be hypersensitive. It's definitely so she sort of she sort of goes through with Dwight as her ally. She goes through several uh, tries. She tries to get him to admit that he's attracted to this other woman. It culminates in a lie detector test, <laughs> a would be lie detector test. Which one is season? It's season eight, episode eight, seven. Episode seven. Okay, and I chose this week uh, Seinfeld. This is an episode from 1993, season five, uh, the season five finale, episode 21, S521. Um, and it's called The Opposite, and it's where George um, sort of reboots his character. Mm-hmm. The, the key, the, the crux of the episode is that uh, if every impulse he has is wrong, then the opposite must be right. So he tries to do the opposite. Cool. So we're going to go watch those, and then we'll put them on Patreon, and we'll be mm-hmm. right back to talk about it. So go watch them now if you have a chance. Mm-hmm. Or you don't have to. Maybe you remember them, or maybe you don't, and it doesn't matter. Just keep listening. Either don't way. Leave. Does this sound like you? Meh. 
Well, get it together, you stupid baby. You fucking infant. You, you idiot. You What the hell is wrong? Why would you cry, you stupid jerk? Does that sound like what everybody's telling you? Because you're a stupid baby? Does this sound like everybody in your ear? Well, you need to grow up fast. Grow the fuck up. You need this to This is what we're big. selling. We're selling a bottle of grow the fuck up, idiot. This product doesn't do anything. It's a big... It's just a box of grow up, moron, you stupid. To get to buy this product, go to uh, you, you, <laughs> you stupid fucking baby dot io and enter all of your information, and someone will come to your house and punch you in the stupid face if you don't get your shit together. <laughs> And we're back. Um, okay, we just watched, to recap, The Office, S eight E seven seven, I believe, and Seinfeld S five E twenty one. And uh, once more time, you can watch along with us on our Patreon. If you go there and fling us a couple bucks, it would help us. Um, but we'll spend it on uh, lube. Um, <laughs> we promise. So, yeah, let's do a recap now of the episodes we just watched, and then we can talk about them. Okay, so this Office episode starts with uh, Pam being replaced for her maternity leave by a younger, uh, presumably hotter woman. Um, Objectively. Her coworkers, your coworkers uh, are... Presumably. You saw her. She was <laughs> beautiful. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, one but, of the things we'll get into is whether uh, the, uh, the phrase objective objectively means attractive means everything i th- I actually yeah. think that that doesn't mean anything let's talk about saying it. But, that um, yeah they uh, definitely dressed her down a little bit they didn't dress her sexy they dressed her in a very yes conservative office attire but she was an attractive That's person true. so this this character this is the first episode in which we see this character and uh hardcore office fans will know that the original intent of the writers was to have jim cheat on pam with this woman this was oh. going to happen uh there was an idea. At they least. Out. Uh, I think that I think Krasinski and uh, and Fisher begged them not to do this, mm. and they were like, "This is not necessary for this." Uh, it would have been yeah. a really rough, like, I, I don't know, uh, because well, anyway, just, we'll get we'll get into. Feel like it's going in that direction, like at this point, like no, no, because this be definitely weird. It would this be episode weird if he actually took that turn and especially after this episode which seems to take him off the hook right like so mm-hmm. this entire episode is structured around pam trying to get jim to admit that this woman who is replacing her which means she will be sitting next to jim for several months um she's trying to get jim to say that she's attractive however jim the way i read it is savvy enough to know that if he admits, yeah, sure, of course she's objectively attractive, then Pam is going to obsess about the fact that her husband is sitting next to a woman that he's just said is objectively attractive all the time while she's mm. giving birth to their mm-hmm. child. and She has no way to find out whether he's developing feelings for this other woman, which is how they met and developed feelings for each other. Yeah, right? that's a good um, reason. You know. Also, Pam previously was in a relationship with someone else and developed feelings for Jim. So I think she's like, I don't. Uh, yeah, you're married to me now. 
but like you can fall in love with someone at work, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, that's the issue. So she's but she's interestingly they never show the at least in this episode the the new girl has no personality. Is very too, I don't think it's, she it's just a, does she speak? I don't think she. They don't <laughs> talk to her at all. There, there's. They just talk no, about her. No, it, it's completely visual. It's completely yeah. like them objectifying her at this point yeah. as, as sort of an object of their marriage. Of <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very strange. Anyway, so they they go please. along. Uh, Pam enlists Dwight as an ally because she believes Dwight is the only person telling her the truth. Um, Meaning he's. Not flattering he's, her. Uh, he's bitterly true. He's <laughs> a, he's he's being he's cruel, insultingly, cruelly true, uh, uh, truthful. Yes, um, and it mostly has to do with the fact that he argues he's making a biological argument that uh, nobody should uh, find Pam. Sh- Pam should not expect anyone to find her attractive at the moment, and she should uh, understand and expect that Jim will be because more attracted to this other woman than her because uh, Pam is pregnant. And which removes the the driving force, as he puts it, the driving force between male female attraction. Yeah, he said, "There's no way I can impregnate you. Therefore, I cannot <laughs> possibly have any feelings for you." Which um, is he boils it all down to the yeah. want to uh, procreate, yeah. which is uh, horseshit. But it is. But but sure it's also would. like at the time, I think, not to say that this was a more it was a more progressive time then, but we have had a, quite a bit of right wing backsliding in the culture. So, like, in a way, I feel like this would have been read at the time. I mean, I saw it when it aired that it was like, of course, Dwight would say something so like so old fashioned and conservative that like sex is only for reproduction because he's, as we said, it's sort of an old timey farmer. Um, he finds reproduction to be very much, you know, sex is very much about breeding for him. <laughs> As mm. we see later in the show, he decides one day that he wants a child. He goes to Angela and says, I want you to be the mother of my child. They're not in a relationship at this point. Yeah. And they end up having a contract to procreate. <laughs> um, I mean, it's ridiculous. Do they ever, is it ever brought up that Dwight is like clinically near neurodivergent? Uh, I think, I think that that's one of the ways in which the series not not doesn't hold up, but just was in a different world. Well, because nowadays, maybe we nowadays didn't quite would have be the language of no. autism and but the, the aut- pranks that Jim burgers that, and things like that. The way that Dwight reacts to Jim's pranks. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's completely literal. He's a very literal guy. He believes a lot of he's things like, that uh, are. Dave Bautista and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. These things will not go over my head because I will <laughs> catch them. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, honestly, autistic hero. Yeah. Clearly. Drax. <laughs> well, I mean, it was more like he's a foreigner, quote unquote, because he's an alien and he doesn't understand uh, yeah. the nuance of um, sure language. So Dwight doesn't understand, for example, w- what we see in the end is that Dwight doesn't understand that uh, within a marriage... There can be a little bit of of uh, of jealousy, perhaps a little bit of instability, but that what actually matters is both people's health. <laughs> For example, Jim, it turns out, has high blood pressure, which they find out by oh. hooking him up to a lie detector. Uh, That's a great blood bit. pressure cuff. And Dwight takes him to a Rite Aid or something <laughs> and makes him take the blood pr- pressure test as if 
Yes. That could possibly be an accurate. Yeah. There's a few. Detector. There's a few things before that, of course. Dwight immediately says, if he's attracted to this woman, he's going to. They do several tests to see what whether uh, he could be attracted to her, and it includes uh, Dwight attacking Jim and, and, and grabbing his crotch repeatedly. He, yes, he um, sexually assaults Jim. To, to try to find out if he has an erection. Uh, he then says, does your husband have very soft erections? Because if not, I just grabbed a very soft penis from nothing. <laughs> I missed that line. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. uh, let's see, uh, Craig and mm-hmm. uh, Andy... And uh, uh, Ke- Kevin, Andy, and Daryl. Kevin, and yeah, Andy, and Daryl uh, form a little band in the warehouse. And they, uh, speaking of jealousy, they get their band sort of co-opted by better mm-hmm. musicians because the James Spader manager knows like cool people, and they don't. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, there's a little jealousy B story there. Yeah. So then the episode culminates in. Uh, in the three of them in the in a, a pharmacy taking Jim's blood pressure it's revealed that he has high blood pressure and uh, the the thing that Pam was concerned about falls away instantly and she's no longer worried that Jim might cheat on her she's just worried that he might have a heart attack um, while he's cheating on while her, he's cheating on her. <laughs> and they leave uh, you know while Dwight believes that he's just proven that Jim has lied about everything, including his own name. And then we watched Seinfeld, mm-hmm. S5E21. And and um, so, yeah, we'll do a quick recap of that episode. This is sort of a, a reboot for George Costanza's character, who for five seasons was was kind of a loser. I mean, he had jobs. He started out as a real estate agent, and they mm. got rid of that lost his job and then he bounced around a little bit i think this was sort of a reboot that they wanted to get george on more stable footing but um and this is a finale this is a season season finale finale. yeah and um his character has changed forever after this episode really so what happens is george is in a bad place at the beginning he's just lost another job they're at the coffee shop he says Everything I've ever, every instinct I've ever had in my life has been wrong. And then Jerry says, the whole crux of the entire thesis of this episode, (laughs) well, if every instinct you've ever had is wrong, then the opposite of every instinct you ever have must be right. (laughs) And so George is like, oh, that's funny. And then the the, uh, uh, wait person asks him what he wants, and he says the usual... He says, tuna on toast. And he says, no. He stops her and he says, wait. The opposite of that, which is such a funny bit, the opposite of tuna on toast with coleslaw is chicken salad on untoasted rye bread (laughs) with potato salad and a cup of tea instead of coffee or something like that. Yeah. Um, And Jerry's hilarious joke is that chicken is not the opposite of tuna salmon is the opposite of tuna because it swims upstream (laughs) um anyway and that sets off a a series of events where a a beautiful woman sitting at the counter in the coffee shop looks over at him and jerry's like go talk to her and he's like oh i i would never do that and jerry's like do the opposite and he's like all right so he walks up to her and he's like i'm george i'm 
bald and I have no job and I live with my parents and she's like hello <laughs> uh, yeah it's a very funny line reading from that actress we never like, see hello. her again it's not clear that they ever yeah she's the niece they ever dated. She, presumably she's the niece I think it says right oh of, somebody of from the, the Yankees that's right the guy that he gets the job that's portion. how she gets the job says, I my forgot. niece said that you were different uh, he tells her uh, they did go on a date that's right he tells this girl, Victoria, because all night he's doing the opposite of what he would do. That Instead of oh, being intimidated right. at the theater, yes. he yells at the guys behind him to shut up. He's always doing the opposite. And then when she asks him to come up to her place for sex, <laughs> he says, I don't think we should. It's too early. And she goes, who are you? And he goes, the opposite of every man you've ever met. <laughs> That's pretty great. Meanwhile... Um, uh, Elaine is like everything is going wrong with her job. There's a side or her job and her relationship. She she gets dumped because her boyfriend was in a car accident. And instead of going straight to the hospital, she stops off to buy some candy and he busts <laughs> her. He, he's like, when did you buy that? Where, where did you buy that candy? And <laughs> when did you buy that candy after you heard? Um, so anyway, the sort of. C story is that Seinfeld is even Steven. He's like <laughs> the one in the middle. Whenever one of his friends is up, the other one's down. So they, it was very thematic about um, the. Uh, it's about mm-hmm. sort of scales and and things even and out of things up and down and opposites. Yeah, the idea that Elaine has to take George's place. Yeah. As sort of the Kramer calls Jerry. You know who you are, even Steven. George gets a job with the Yankees because the, Victoria gets him in an interview with the Yankees. He goes in. The interview's going okay, but then George Steinbrenner walks in, and we always see him as a shadow in the window, and the voice is played by Larry David, which we didn't know then when it aired, but we know now. Mm. George Costanza lays into George Steinbrenner, and then Steinbrenner goes, hire this man, and walks <laughs> away. So that's it. He gets a job. So at the end of the show... George has a new job with the Yankees, which he keeps for the rest of the Seinfeld series. And um, Elaine is down, but I think she bounces back (laughs) pretty quickly. And uh, that's it. There's a really stupid button at the end. Jerry says something like, let's call it even. Oh, right. Yeah. All right. Because wait, because Kramer's was more than was paying the Uh, bills. Yeah. Kramer's like. I should pay more. I had more than you. And he's like, let's call it even. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about uh, sort of instincts and and your gut impulses and stuff like that. Mm. And you wanted to talk about Uh, jealousy. Jealousy, which is a a sort of a gut impulse. That's uh, sort of the way that people feel it. Yeah. Um, what brought me to here was uh, Kanye West. Oh, my God. I mean, ye. Yay. 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 Now, we recorded this probably a couple weeks before we'll put it up. So with the 24-hour news cycle, you will forget that this even happened and probably something even crazier has happened oh, since. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. But what happened was Ye wore a White Lives Matter shirt. Uh-huh. And... It, of course, it caused uproar, which is what he wanted. But when someone asked him what it means, he just said, uh, I just had a 
It just had a gut feeling. But what it sounded like to me that Ye was saying is the idea popped into my head, so I just did it without thinking. It was like in, it was almost instinctual because, you know, there's, of course, the Black Lives Matter movement. There's racists who brought forth the All Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, of course, it's going to pop into somebody's head. Oh, white lives matter. That's a thing. That's a a way. That's a series of words that sounds kind of like (laughs) those other things. Mm -hmm. But it seems like he didn't interrogate what it means at all. Here's the quote. I do certain things from a feeling. I just channel the energy. It just feels right. It's using a gut instinct, a connection with God, and just brilliance. Yeah, okay. That's See, it would be brilliance if your gut instinct turned out to have a positive, <laughs> some sort of positive effect, or even meaning or message. I, I feel like it's just that, oh, these three words popped into my head. Mm-hmm. And without interrogating at all what they mean or how I feel about them, I put them on a shirt for publicity. Mm-hmm. And the idea was, oh, it appeared in my guts, <laughs> therefore it is valuable. Um, yeah. The idea that every gut instinct is is necessary, necessarily valuable, and I think you see this in mm. like people like Elon Musk, people um, who have had some measure of success through some skill but also through some luck and now think that everything they shit is gold mm-hmm. even though it's uh clearly shit a lot <laughs> of the time you know which you know there's this thing called the uh, dunning kruger effect mm-hmm. which it's sort of a i don't know a lot about that but i feel like i do <laughs> right exactly good joke <laughs> <laughs> It, it can kind of be thought of like a bell curve, which is like when you don't know anything, you know you don't know anything. But if you, when you start to know a little bit, when one, I'm going to use one. I'm, I'm trying to use the word one instead of you uh, because it always sounds accusatory. Um, <laughs> when one learns a little bit, suddenly one thinks they know everything. Mm-hmm. And it's not until one learns a lot more that one learns that there's a lot more to be learned. Mm-hmm. So sure. what that means is a lot of people like former recent former presidents of the United States or um, billionaires who own Tesla um, or formerly good rappers in the aughts and not since um, <laughs> think that they're more talented than they are and uh, and think that every single thought they have is worth excreting <laughs> to us <laughs> worth telling us i was going to talk about uh i want i want to get into you know just gut gut instincts uh the first thing i thought of was the colbert rapport which can you believe was in 2005 um it was in the mid aughts that seems like a very so long, long time ago, ago. Mm-hmm. um the first episode is not fully on you can go to comedycentral.com cc.com and you can see all the pieces of the first episode but it's sort of um in chunks but right from i think it was uh one of the first couple episodes he he gets into truthiness um mm-hmm. truthiness his his uh 
Was that also something he said at the correspondence dinner? Mm. His big White House correspondence speech was after his show was already. He might have a thing. Used the word. He he used the word many times. You're looking at a straight shooter, but America. I tell it like it is. I calls him like I he, see um, him. He I will speak to you in introduces plain, the word simple in the first English. episode. And that brings us to tonight's word. Truthiness. <laughs> now, I'm sure some of the word police, the wordanistas over at Webster's, it's a real are going to say, hey, that's not a word. Well, anybody who knows me know that I'm no fan of dictionaries or reference books. They're elitist, constantly telling us what is or isn't reference true or what did or didn't happen. Who's Britannica to tell me the Panama Canal was finished in 1914? If I want to say it happened in 1941, that's my right. I don't trust books. <laughs> They're all fact, no heart. <laughs> and that's exactly what's pulling our country apart today. Because face it, folks, we are a divided nation. Not between Democrats and Republicans or conservatives and liberals or tops and bottoms. No. <laughs> we are divided catchers. between those who think with their head and those if you who don't remember know this bit, with um, their heart. The, the editor Myers. puts up right. comments in text. About Head Myers, bad, heart of good. Of course her nomination's absurd. It's, it's almost a direct parody <laughs> of um, say he Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, it was very Bill O'Reilly formatted. I know her no heart. Thinking. Notice how he said nothing about her brain? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have to. So this he is the Bush era. He feels the truth about Harriet Myers. Notably, people today go, oh, we're so divided, it. it's crazy. Maybe well, will we ever get through this? But this is 17 years ago, and he's saying, feel he's talking like about right how thing. divided they are. <laughs> and also, right he's here. talking about how people right here in the gut. feel with their guts. Because that's where the truth comes from, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. And that's the how gut. people come to... Do you know you have more nerve Terrible endings in your stomach than in your head? <laughs> look it up. Now somebody's gonna say, I did look that up and it's wrong. <laughs> well, it. mister, that's because you looked it up in a book. <laughs> Next time, Let's try look it looking it up gut. in your gut. <laughs> I did. Check and gut. my gut tells me that's how our nervous system works. <laughs> now I know some of you may not trust your gut yet, but with my help, you will. The truthiness is anyone can read the news to you. I promise to feel the news at, at you. you. <laughs> feel the news at you. That's so Which, so exactly what was happening on right wing shows at the time. Yeah. And, and now Wh which is, is such great satire, but so much that people didn't understand it like the, the people he was really talking about didn't get that he was being satirical sure. or ironic um Ugh. the people who feel with their guts it is a dunning-kruger thing it's almost like um just the very experience of having a thought occur to you makes you feel like you're like it's a great idea like I don't know, it's just like if you just do, if you mm -hmm. just never have very many ideas, and then all of a sudden you have an idea, you're like, wow, I'm, I'm really smart. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it might be when when people see someone of the gender they're attracted to, and they it immediately fixate. You know, I mm -hmm. think in our society, a lot of times 
somebody will see one pretty person and then immediately they'll go that person is for me i will i will have them Mm. they will and this is how people get stalkery and fixated yeah hurt and jealous all in the span of seconds when the person you know the other person might not even know that they exist yet yeah so you're seeing a beautiful woman walk down the street and then you see uh that she has a beautiful husband and you're like damn it (laughs) oh sure and you're like angry now you're experiencing anger and yeah again not you and then you're you're judging you're like that guy's not good enough for her you you know you don't even know her yet but um uh, and, and you were talking earlier before the podcast we were, we were chatting, you were talking about how people get angry when mm-hmm. there's this thing. Mm-hmm. Not not just that when, not just that people get angry when someone they're attracted to is somehow out of their league or inaccessible, um, but that people, sometimes it seems that people experience anger just seeing anyone that's not attractive enough for them like like it uh angry, as if they shouldn't have to look at someone especially i mean like i'm going to gender it that no one should have to look at a woman they're not attracted to because like it's like ugh i i looked at that person and then i didn't get something back <laughs> ie uh spank bank material right like now i'm now i great I could have looked at some boobs, but instead I looked at you and you're ugly. And that makes me upset because you remind me of my mother, I guess. Like, I don't know where it goes from there psychologically, but there's this. Yeah, there's or this. they don't, you don't have the gender markers I was hoping for, like huge tits and waist and tiny sure, waist. Sure, sure. And, and therefore, I'm mad that I even. Yeah. I'm mad that I took in the photons that bounced off of your. Yeah. terrible face totally i mean and yes i've i like i have known people who have not like every time that happened ha- like felt that it was okay to comment on it so therefore every time they saw a woman who was not sexy enough to okay. be like so basically like, what that means like that kind of thing or just you, yeah, you just basically every time there would be another woman, it would either be like, oh, she's got great tits or nothing because it's just like, oh, OK, but well, she looks like a respectable woman who's sexy enough, but not enough to like make me obsess about it. Or it was like she's fat or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean, it was just, you know, like and I mean, that's a maybe not a eloquent example, but it's like seeing somebody and having to point out that they're not. They look like they have. If they're hot and they have cool style. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, if they're just hot, you're like. I mean, no, when we're walking around, I comment about a lot of people just because <laughs> I'm a comic and I'm always trying to like <laughs> get True. material. But Sometimes you might say, that guy looks just like Warren G. Harding or something, right? But you're not going to say, mm-hmm. you're not going to say, oh, my God, like that woman <sighs> like really needs to like pull it together and go get her hair done. Like it's just not something you Fuck would occur guy. for you to say. Why did this guy make me look at him and he's not even hot? <laughs> and the you know and and I think that people have trans panic too when you know maybe they see someone from behind and they have a great ass and then they turn around and have a stubble or something and mm-hmm. people have I usually say I'm sure 
I'm sure gender doesn't matter, but does it? I mean, I've never heard. Well, yeah, maybe I have. I have. I've have heard female friends say, "Ooh, that guy." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happens. Okay. But there is, I mean... Let's say it's equal. Yeah. <laughs> you could say equal, there's... But it's... There's a historical uh, context to the concept that, like, women specifically can be picked and chose from among a bunch of women in order to sort of, like, take them home and make them your doll who lives in your kitchen. Like, there, there you know, there's, like, a, there's some historical concept, context for that. The idea that, like, women are not really so much people. So comment, They're not They're commenting just... on, like, uh, uh, like, like it's once you reach a certain level, again, stereotypical experience, but as, as someone assigned female and presenting as female in the formative years and teen years, once you re- reach a certain age, not all men, but the people who do it to you are men random men begin to tell you whether or not you're attractive this is yelled at you so whether what they yeah and the the, the thing is it doesn't really matter if you're attractive or not to the individual men the important thing is that they're reminding you i'm here to tell you how you should feel about your body so if you're doing a good job with that they'll yell things at you like nice ass (laughs) or like yeah woo (laughs) <laughs> just like yell things at you from a car mm-hmm. um positive reinforcement positive reinforcement and then you're afraid they might rape you because they like you <laughs> whereas otherwise if they think you're not attractive enough they might yell they might yell something angry or they might just glare at you or or find another you way to sort of intimidate you upper thigh workouts and yes. glutes and then you have a fear that they might rape you because they're angry at you. So that threat is never uh, isolated from this experience. Mm-hmm. It's always a threat because it's saying, I'm watching you. Hey, did you think you were un- walking around unnoticed? I'm watching you. I'm looking at your body and I'm going to tell you right now whether or not I would like to hold you down and fuck you. I'm just going to say that to your face. like, mm-hmm. And that's really what the experience is. I think, you know, people know. people are sometimes like, oh God, like, Everything is sexual harassment these days. You can't compliment people. And it's like, you ought to know the difference between an interpersonal compliment and and a, a, a sort of a metatextual, a, a metatextual sign that you're letting me know that you have physical power over me, which is yeah. like the subtext in some of those well, interactions. If you're screaming at across traffic, it should be a red flag that, it's it's maybe not uh, the right context. Um, this is true. It, this is about, I don't want to say repressing instinct, but um, having control over your your instincts or your gut reactions because, yeah, you know, my problem watching The Office was that he should have just said, yeah, she's hot because yeah. she's hot. And I think hundreds and <laughs> Every I drive around to L.A. and I see hot people everywhere, and I see girls sometimes, women that I feel like, wow, I wonder what it'd be like to date them, or I wonder what it'd be like to have sex with them. But I don't yell that at them. (laughs) (laughs) And and in my line of work, I meet beautiful women all the time at comedy clubs, and I don't say, "God, you're hot." Right. Well, sometimes you know, after getting to know someone. Sure, be like, yeah, you're very pretty. Right. But I think 
Yes. The people who say you can't compliment a woman anymore are are uh, uh, dipshits. <laughs> By the way, yes. it, it, we, we talked about like bad words and stuff in a previous episode. Um, it took me a while to to remove the word retarded from my lexicon but i i feel like dipshits is a great mm-hmm. and by the way um when i said the r word just now i was talking about um a something that has been slowed down like a record player sure yes it's it's perfectly fine to say that this song is has is has been retarded because my record player is playing too slow sure you can say something has been a process has been retarded but this we don't tend to say it anymore re- because of the, the, the euphemistic by The addition ladder. of aluminum sulfate. Sorry. Sure, yes. I, I shouldn't be making excuses to say the, <laughs> the R word that upsets <laughs> people. I just wanted to make the point that uh, dipshits is a great word to use yes. instead if you're looking for... A, 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 <laughs> if, if, if you have a hole in your vocabulary where the R word used to be, replace it with dipshits. This has <laughs> been an ad for dipshits. So yeah, there's there's this instinct. You see, we all see one sees people who they're attracted to. Mm-hmm. That just happens. Yeah, and we can talk about whether objective attraction is something, but the the fact is, we all, unless you're completely asexual, we all have some triggers in our head that are attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, like people we want to turn towards and people we want to turn away from. People you want to look at longer. If if you're yeah. in a bar and a person walks in and you find yourself wanting to continue looking at them for a little bit longer. Yeah. It's not, there's nothing wrong with that. And you're probably attracted to them. You just shouldn't whistle and yell about their ass. But that's another thing, right? It's like, it's like, wow, I'm feeling attraction. This must mean that, you know, this must be something profound. This must mean they're mine. Oh yeah. Yeah, It's like, like it must be profound because I'm feeling it. The universe wants us to, yeah, to boink. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I had, I've had, uh, I had a specific uh, male friend who said something like about another woman. He was like, "We have this like unspoken attraction between us, and uh, it's pretty clear that like." And I was thinking like, I am uh, so sure that if I ask that woman, she will be like, oh my God, that guy, he's you, totally you creepy. Really? There's no way she's attracted to him. You were sure he was she was? I was sure of it. Just because I knew his affect and his like, weirdness. And like, mm. I liked the guy, okay. But here's the thing. I have heard, I have heard people say things like, there's, there's an unspoken attraction between us or... Um, oh yeah, that, that girl, I just know she likes me. Or she, she gave me this look, which just really said... Hey, and uh, and it's like, no, whenever, wherever there's room for that interpretation, you should pretty much be assuming like I, I should I'm probably wrong. You should we should we should kind of we or, shouldn't assume. Uh, we should just couch it know. in the that it's one. It's only one. It's yeah. always one sided unless the other person has literally said to you that they it's reciprocated. I know. <laughs> always but that's, assume yeah. it's one sided. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then, you you know, some of the fun is finding out if it's reciprocated, but don't assume it is and think that you're playing some coy game with somebody who barely knows your name. Um, I, I understand yeah. that instinct. It, I, I've fallen into the trap of, um, and this is why I think like sort of some spiritualities are harmful to us because I've fallen into the trap where like, 
I saw this person twice in the same day. The universe is telling me yeah. that we are supposed to be together. You know, it's like mm. that me cute. It's like the, uh, yeah. you know, this is why rom-coms are tearing our society apart. <laughs> Asunder, I say. Um, <laughs> rom-coms are always like, oh, we met twice in the same week. Therefore, right. it's fate. And there's some, maybe it's not God, but there's some... A sentient thought process controlling mm-hmm. the universe that wants us, mm-hmm. quote unquote, to be together. Yeah. And, and spoiler alert, there I is. It's called a writer that. of the screenplay. <laughs> it's exactly. Nora Ephron exactly. who wants you to be together. Right. Very well put. And and that gives the illusion that there's a writer to mm-hmm. our lives. And I, you know, of course, we don't know for sure. But I, I think in probabilities, the mm-hmm. probability that the place we're in has been written or created by any sort of creator gods singular or plural is like point zero 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 one percent probability it's possible there's some scientists that made earth in the jar and are watching us but it's very little sure. probability that they're trying to get you know nancy and mm. billy together mm-hmm. or they even give a shit yeah they're probably um, not playing us on the level that i that i'm playing the sims it's not that uh granular where yeah. where I'm literally and even the sims you're controlling a hundred little characters controlling cities you're at not a time, like yeah. looking at them their lives yeah. actually the, the funny thing about about that is that you can sort of zoom in into one household we're talking about the sims 3 of course which is the gold, yeah. gold standard you can zoom into one household and, and focus on people and get really intense but while you do that the other characters are are they're often are off doing their and own they're thing. saying where's god <laughs> <laughs> they're they're having all these things happen to them and they're like why wasn't god there yeah. and you're like because i was watching this other guy so maybe that could be happening too but and that's not really the point i wrote so, someday we'll have we'll read some of my specs <laughs> one yes. of my spec screenplays was about a character who gets so high and and plays a an immersive video game and then Literally finds out she is a sim and pops out oh, and that. meets the uh, the creator gods who are like aliens. That's great. Um, <coughs> it yeah, was it wasn't that good. I've written better specs. Well, well, um, I wanted to mm-hmm. go back a little bit and talk about jealousy as a gut level instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what's interesting in the office episode? Dwight tells Pam nobody could be attracted to you right now because you can't be impregnated. Um, and the funny thing about that is that that is actually not gut level thinking at all. That's like a sort of a scientific or honestly kind of pseudoscientific. Um, the the idea that it's a very Dunning-Kruger thing. The idea that sex is for reproduction is like is like right. a very childlike understanding of part of it is like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, we sexually reproduce, but human sex is not for it's not for reproduction. Even in mm-hmm. even in the sense that like you know, reproduction is is you, like like yes you're 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 always assuming a creator because you're going like well we have sex is so that we can procreate well it was like well, what what do you mean yeah, exactly. why why isn't it just a byproduct it or assumes or, that somebody wants us and, yeah and by the way we're, we 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 are we are almost at eight billion and we just hit seven billion like mm-hmm. ten years ago it's accelerating absolutely we don't need more. Yeah, and the idea that like, in fact, we should all be having more sex and ha- having less babies. <laughs> Not true. having sex is fine, and having babies is fine, but more sex, less babies. Yes, yeah, 
That's actually um, a good bumper sticker. <laughs> um, but so, so that idea is not what were the actual gut level instinct of humans sexually is to have sex throughout pregnancy and regardless of ovulation. Um, we have something compared to other primates. We have something called concealed ovulation, which just means that we don't turn bright red. <laughs> there are some signs of ovulation, but they're a little more internal, a little more concealed, a little more private to the person experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, actually, people are attracted to and have sex with people who are pregnant. Like that—that's oh sure—that is a thing. It's not—it's not, it's not uh, the well-documented kink. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not, um, and so, and, and and that's the very thing, right? That's the very thing you just hit upon. If the office were made today, you could not credibly have a character living post-internet, post-smartphone, say, "Why would I or anyone else be attracted to you right now? You're pregnant." Uh, I, I think I think a man who's agree. seen any porn could be like, "Well, yeah, some people are attracted to like." You'd have instead, you'd have Dwight saying like, "That's a that's a fetish for some weirdo who like." Who likes pregnant it's, women? It, it's abnormal. Yeah, but there'd be at baby. least a, a a nod to it as like. But I was gonna somewhere. say that the 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 sex is just for reproduction thing is still in the air in conservative circles. That mm-hmm. in fact that's that's how they're, they're trying to like they're trying to scare Midwestern mm-hmm. moms and dads about uh, you know trans and gay people by just making everything sound like it's sexual and mm-hmm. it's like your gender identity is not really sexual it's right. how you see yourself it's about you know you don't have to conform to the the clothes that everybody else wears like it's your fucking life wear whatever mm-hmm. the fuck you want look however you want yeah and they're and also now trying we to have the technology to you know have surgeries have elective surgeries all you want if it makes you feel better and they have they're also trying to scare those parents by telling them that their children's fertility will be threatened. It's very much like you you're, you're going to have kids and they're going to they're going to uh, remove so their what? they're going to remove their breast. They'll never be able to breastfeed. It's like yeah. Yeah. So you what? Know. That's a choice. Yeah. I'll never be able to play football for the NFL <laughs> <laughs> because of <laughs> choices I made when I was 8 to read and play with Legos instead of <laughs> running around outside. You know, that's the choice I made. That's and I don't regret it. And yeah. you know, or maybe I do. It doesn't matter. <laughs> time mm-hmm. you make choices, and time moves on. And and these kids that are young people who are making gender choices are not just are not just willy nilly. You know, like mm. flipping a coin. It's it's these these are deeply felt things. Just like I deeply felt that I wanted to read instead of play football when I was eight years old. Sure, and. You know, somebody born with a penis who was assigned male wants to m- m- be wearing a dress and have some surgeries. I don't. Who cares? Mm-hmm. What is it? It's not. It's their fucking business. And Absolutely. You may. Maybe some people do regret their choices, but I can tell you that most people who take who, who, who most people who take gender confirming steps mm-hmm. do not regret it yeah. maybe there's some. A, i mean there's yeah there's a big well, there's some. a big thing now but this backlash from people who detransition and etc i can tell you that from what i've read it seems that you see a lot of people who go from transitioning to to from from being swept up in this trend of transitioning to then being swept up in this 
trend of detransition. It's almost like they're weak-willed people who are swept up by movements and are sort of the sort of people who join cults. It's not necessarily the fault of people who are like, hey, being trans is an option. If someone who is not very stable is like, I'm going to make yeah. that choice for not great well, reasons. But that's not, okay, there's that a lot sounds, of things you could do, though. Yeah. That that I mean, doesn't they, mean... It sounds like had Mr. Garrison mm-hmm. become uh, trans and then de, mm-hmm. de-transition, um, you know, because they kind of follow the trends and, and he, he's a character that sort of swings in the wind with whatever yes. fad is happening at the moment. Yeah. Which is great. It's a great parody or it's a great satire of people that... Or wishy-washy and might just join whatever yeah. fad is happening at the moment. And that's fine, too. You know, I, who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. If, if you were into uh, soccer, I'm stuck on sports. If you were into <laughs> soccer briefly in 2012 yeah. when everybody else was and then not and then you weren't again five <laughs> years later, it's because you got swept up in a fad. Big deal. Yeah. Maybe you had some soccer confirming surgeries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not trying to. I am trying to make fun. I'm trying to make fun of the. You know, I'm trying to make fun <laughs> yeah. of the world. I'm I wonder sorry. if, uh, you know, now speaking of jealousy, if uh, if that same sort of backlash will happen with uh, non-monogamous um, normalization. I mean, I mean, I think obviously it it has. There always has been a backlash. Like, you know, humans have always been polysexual and then at certain times there've there've been this sort of facade of monogamy that gets mm-hmm. put up like a screen screen and <laughs> we go everyone is married to one person and everyone's going what the fuck are you talking about like yeah. this is so not realistic and usually it's because th- this is what um <clears throat> a being that created us wants mm-hmm. yeah like we're supposed to have this uh what i'm now going to start calling uh i'm no longer going to refer to it as the nuclear family i'm going to start calling it the truncated family this this family structure, which includes one man, one woman, Just their no. children, and no one else. Their siblings, they don't talk to anymore. Their parents, they don't see. <laughs> they live alone in a house. The woman cleans the house all day. The man leaves. Like this weird 1950s nuclear structure of what a family means. I'm just glad you didn't call it nuclear family <laughs> i was I was listening to some politics podcast this week, and they had a an expert on uh, nuclear armament and they were talking about Russia and Ukraine and the fucking guy said <laughs> nuclear like 80 times and I just it, it was like st- it was like knives stabbing into my eyes and ears when it, I'm like you're this you're supposed to be an expert I think it was talking to John Stewart or something Oof. yeah it, it's actually probably an accepted pronunciation now that uh, we're in a post uh <laughs> George W. Bush era. True. But just because your gut says <laughs> that's probably how it's pronounced. You can look things up. You can you can you can say, Am I right? You know, yeah. should I double check this? Can I fact check myself? Although should I look it up? I do I do believe that language evolves and is determined by usage. So um, true. I won't get too pedantic about it, but it still hurts my ears to hear it wrong. True. Um, you might want to peruse a dictionary about it. That's a a little usage joke. Peruse often used as the opposite of its true meaning. Oh, peruse means how? to look over something in great detail for a long time. Oh. Most people think it means to skim. I don't know why. Right. Sometimes things take on their opposite their opposite meaning. That's uh, literally the worst thing I've ever heard. 
<laughs> it's in it's it's uh, one of a plethora of vices, <laughs> of word vices. <laughs> um, hmm. Anyways, yeah, don't go with your gut. I guess um, when we were when we were talking about like your your identity, maybe you do go with your gut and the things you like. Yeah, it, there there is a there is a, a a place in your life you go with your gut, and yeah. that's in like. The things you like yeah. and your instincts and attraction. And like attraction is attractions. One of those things, you yeah. go with your gut, and you uh, that you hear a song you like, you go with your gut. Um, just, um, I guess I'm tired of people just thinking that every thought they have is useful, <laughs> and, and just because they've had past. You know, it's like it, um, I wanted to recommend. There's a documentary. Well, there's a documentary about Elizabeth Holmes called The Inventor, and and then there's a a, a um, docudrama called The Dropout right. um, about Elizabeth Holmes. And it, it, it's very cool. I, I recommend it. And she and her uh, partner slash lover really suffer from this Dunning-Kruger thing. They're, they're smart people, but it was like somebody told her at the beginning of the movie, somebody told her earlier in her life, mm-hmm. um, all you need to be a success is a great idea. So she... Mm. And with the help of her partner, had a great idea. But it was like the first idea that popped into her head, and she did no, they did no research into how feasible it was. Right. They basically said, all you need is a great idea. And she said, oh, I'm gonna turn, we're going to turn the whole sky orange and uh-huh. all the way across the world uh, permanent. And then <laughs> she went out and raised millions of dollars and told them, we, we're going to turn the whole sky orange across the whole planet permanently and they gave her millions of dollars and they had no plan about whether it was actually feasible to turn the sky orange they it, they just it's just like somebody said all you need is a good idea and the first thing that popped in her head she was like this must be a good idea yeah, and all you she need spent to get her it whole life trying to scam people out of money to you know i think try to put this idea i think she honestly wanted to put the idea into reality but mm. it was impossible and she had mm-hmm. and they the two of them just never checked whether it was possible they just thought mm. that since they thought it it must be valuable <laughs> yeah. and i think that smart people have that feeling i don't even know if, if kanye is can be considered smart anymore we we, we all thought <laughs> he was kind of a, a smart weirdo 10 years ago now i think that he just might be a have a yeah. degenerative brain condition and not there actually might be a understand. Declining, what would you call it? Like diminishing returns of like, uh, it, n- no, it's more like the more times you call yourself a genius, it's got to inversely correlate with like, yeah, you seem to be point. trying to convince yourself at this point <laughs> more than anyone else and you're failing. Yeah. Well, so that's, that was my thoughts on um, doing the opposite of your instincts. Do try it. Go out and do the opposite of your instincts. Yeah, we should um, all be George. Unless your instinct is to be a nice, courteous person, then just go with that. <laughs> this has been BDFM. I've been B. A D. I've been <laughs> one of them. I've been B. Sometimes D, but usually B. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, you we dress take up the as D each other. Sometimes <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> the FM stands for fallacy matters and uh you can find us at bdfm pod on uh, Mm -hmm. most of the things go to our patreon please 
patreon.com slash bdfm pod and uh there you can uh if you if you sling us a couple of dollars and you can watch the uh the episodes as we watch them you can listen along at least to the episodes as you watch them at home uh it's just like watching old tv with an old friend <laughs> who you can't see or hear and doesn't know you but who's just Talking in your ear, just a voice in your head. I guess you can't hear. I screwed that up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. This is, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening and stuff. See, See you yeah. next time. Bye-bye. BGFM. Bye-bye.